breeze. Buck Benny, the two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another few episodes of the Jack Benny Show and the Phil Harris Show. We're going to start today doing something different. We're going to have our 1942 episode first. In this episode, we have Fred Allen stopping by. We, of course, have lost Phil Harris. He went off to the Merchant Marines for a few weeks. So, in his place tonight, we have Benny Goodman as our conductor, which is amazing. So, that's one of the reasons I brought it to the front is because with Benny Goodman on it and Fred Allen on it, it's a phenomenal episode. The other thing is we did a sound upgrade on this thanks to the folks at Cobalt Club. So it's a lot clearer than it was. It had kind of a tinny sound to it, and now it's got a deeper, more resonant sound to it. There's still some static throughout different spots, but it's very listenable, and so I hope you're going to really enjoy this episode. They do um, his New Year's fantasy skit here, and this is one of my favorite New Year's fantasy skits in that Fred Allen joins Jack Benny in doing the skit, and Dennis Day does a lot of different parts, and... Um, just a great skit, so I think you're going to really enjoy this one. And this is the first of the World War II skits where uh, I think are the best um, New Year's fantasy skits in that we get to hear what's been going on with the war and with the nation over the past year. Uh, Dennis also sings a great song in this episode that I listened to and I thought, oh, that's one of Dennis's better songs. I don't always enjoy Dennis's songs, but sometimes I really do. This one was pretty good. After that episode is over, we have something amazingly different for you. Um, I brought it to you before. Uh, Folks have asked for me to bring it again, so I thought I would. This is, um, there's a missing episode of the Jack Benny show from December 28th, 1952. And we do, I have the script. Um, Not many folks have this script, I don't believe, because um, a lot of the scripts have been made available to the public domain by being in the the tobacco documentation that the tobacco companies had to release all their documentation on the internet. And so a lot of us found all these Jack Benny scripts and it was great. Well this set was mislabeled and so uh, I found it and figured out what it was, uh, but I don't know if a lot of other folks have uh, found it and figured out what, it, what this was. So this is an extremely rare episode. You're probably going to be some of the only f- few people that have, to have ever heard this episode. Um, I will go into explaining it more in more detail when it comes up. You might just want to think about it as sort of a... Um, uh, Beverly Hills Beavers do Jack Benny show sort of because I'm doing it with a lot of my uh, with some of my um, middle school students and things so it, it'll be an interesting unique presentation and then attached to that at the end of it we go into the Phil Harris show and Phil Harris's show is another New Year's show so we have three New Year's shows back to back the one we recreate for you of Jack Benny's it also has a New Year's fantasy skit in it that uh, is a rarity because people haven't heard it. So I hope you'll hear it and listen to that. 
Uh, and then, of course, like I say, the Phil Harris Show is another New Year's show, a fun one, from the exact same day, um, December 28th, 1952. So it's kind of neat to get these shows back together. You'll be the only people in the country in, what, decades and decades and decades that have heard these two shows back-to-back. Sort of. It's a recreation for one of them, anyway. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into all three episodes. I think you're really going to enjoy all three. And, uh, oh, and the um, day after Christmas is always a sad remembrance for a lot of us. Uh, it's the anniversary of Jack's passing. And so I thought I would play you Bob Hope's eulogy um, that he read for Jack Benny. And uh, just, uh, it's neat that we can all enjoy Jack Penny together all these years later. And so many of his recordings are available, and I can do recreations and things. Uh, I hope Jack would like what I've done here. Um, anyway, without further ado, let's get on to Bob Hope giving a eulogy about Jack, and then right into the episodes. George Burns, Benny's oldest, closest friend, could only manage a few words. Bob Hope completed this eulogy for Jack Benny. When Benny Kabelski was born, who in their wildest dreams would imagine that 80 years later, at the advent of his passing, every television program, every radio show would stop, and that every magazine and newspaper would headline it on their front pages. The millions of people who had never met him, who had only seen him or heard him, would feel the pain of a very personal loss. For a man who was the undisputed master of comedy timing, you'd have to say that this was the only time when Jack Benny's timing was all wrong. He left us much too soon. He was stingy to the end. He only gave us 80 years and it wasn't enough. Jack Benny long ago ceased to be merely a personality and became an institution. If there's a Mount Rushmore for humanitarians, that first stone face might easily resemble him and if Stone could talk, it would say, well. Perhaps what made Jack Benny such a great laugh maker was that he himself loved to laugh. He was the greatest audience a comedian could ever want. George Burns will attest to that. And all of us would play jokes on him just to break him up and hear him laugh. I know it might sound a little corny, but there'll be times from now on when the lightning will crackle with a special kind of sound or Thunder will peal with a special roar, and I'll think to myself that Cantor or Fields or Fred Allen must have told Jack a joke. In his beautiful full lifetime, Jack succeeded gloriously. Jack found a great joy in the joy he brought to others. I cannot say it better than these words. His life was gentle and the elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up and say to the, all the world, this was a man. God keep him, enjoy him. We did for 80 years. The Grape Nuts Flakes program, coming to you from the Vanderbilt Theater in New York City, where we are playing to an audience of men on leave from the armed services and starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and our guest conductor, Benny Goodman. <laughs>
help, friends, I'd like to try a little experiment. An experiment in concentration. Everybody ready now? Very well. I'd like you to concentrate, please, on breakfast. You're to think about the perfect breakfast. A breakfast that features toasty brown grape nuts flakes. A breakfast so extra delicious, your mouth starts to water right now. That's it. Just picture that big economy-sized 12-ounce package. Now, pour out a crisp, toasty brown bowl full. Yes, go ahead, reach for the milk. Next, dip up a malty rich spoonful. Say, how do those grape nuts flakes taste? You notice a wide awake flavor? Well, that flavor is a blend of sun-ripened wheat and malted barley carefully combined. Why, just thinking about grape nuts flakes makes you want them. So hold that thought and then do this. Tomorrow, ask your grocer for malty rich sweet as a nut grape nuts flakes in the 12 ounce economy size package. gal played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 1943 being just around the corner, we bring you a man who's been sewing like mad to get his tuxedo finished before New Year's Eve, Jack Benny. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking with a needle in his mouth. <laughs> I ought to keep you in stitches tonight, folks. <laughs> well, I, you're right, Don. I've got to get this tuxedo finished before next Thursday night. Well, what are your plans for New Year's Eve, Jack? Uh, where are you going? Well, Don, uh, you know that the beautiful Persian room of the Plaza Hotel? Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to the Plaza room of the Persian Hotel. <laughs> it's down on Delancey Street. <laughs> And believe me, it's got that old-world atmosphere. The Persian Hotel. Say, that sounds like a quaint place. Oh, it is, Don, it is. I went over this afternoon to pick up my reservation, and uh, there were four snake charmers sitting in the lobby there. Snake charmers? Yeah, if they don't come in handy on New Year's Eve, I don't know who will. <laughs> well, Don, I haven't seen you since last Sunday. Did you have a nice Christmas this year? I mean, nice presents and everything? Oh, yes, Jack. I got some gold cufflinks, a moving picture camera, a handkerchief with my name on it, and a 21-jewel watch. Well, thanks for the handkerchief with my name on it. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Don. Lucky I didn't get you that 21-jewel watch like I intended to, or you'd have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Did you get your tuxedo finished yet? You know, as soon as I sew the belt on the back, I'll be all set. <laughs> Incidentally, Mary, I've made all arrangements for New Year's Eve. Uh, you and I are stepping out together. Where are we going? Never mind. I'll pick you up about 8.30 and be sure you wear your evening gown. Nothing doing. You told me to wear it last year and we wound up at a bowling alley. <laughs> I wanted your arms to be free so you could swing the ball. Anyway, Mary, it's not where you go, it's the people you're with. And the people we were with. After we left the bowling alley, they all wanted to go someplace and get tattooed. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? I've got an ocean liner tattooed on my chest, and it's a work of art. What's that on your Adam's apple? The poop deck. It's a complete boat. LAUGHTER 
The guy, uh, the guy wanted me to put seagulls on my eyelids, but I thought that was going too far, you know? I'm mighty proud of that ship, though. Oh, by the way, Don, thanks for that lovely bottle of perfume you sent me. Oh, don't mention it, Mary. Well, how about me, Mary? Aren't you going to thank me for the present I gave you? I mean, that beautiful and expensive cup? You mean that cup. Now, wait a minute, Mary. <laughs> you might not realize it, but that cup I gave you happens to be real pewter. It certainly does. <laughs> well, it's genuine antique. Say, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello. Hello, Dennis. How do you feel, kid? Oh, fine now, but I was sure cockeyed last night. <laughs> cockeyed? Yeah, there was a fly on my nose and he wouldn't get off. <laughs> well, that's better, young man. Um, so say, kid, I haven't seen you since Christmas. Did you get that present I sent you? I sure did. Thanks very much for that handkerchief with Don Wilson's name on it. <laughs> with Wilson's name on it? That should be Dennis Day. Uh, give me back that handkerchief, Dennis, and I'll have it done over. Let's see, the seamstress lives way downtown. I'll have to take the subway and change at 14th Street. No, no, I can take the bus to 14th and then the streetcar across. Then I have to walk about four blocks. Oh, that's too much bother, Mr. Benny. I'll go to court and have my name changed to Don Wilson. <laughs> no, no, I'll make the trip. And now, kid, I think it's about time for a song. Uh, where's Benny Goodman? Oh, Benny, Benny, have you got your band all set for Dennis's number? Yeah. Uh, say, Jack, thanks a lot for that Christmas present you gave me. You're welcome. Say, they're hard to get now, aren't they? They sure are. Uh, what'd he give you, Benny? A pair of rubber gloves so I can play my clarinet in the rain. <laughs> well, at least it was something different. Sing, Dennis. <laughs> Well, 
That was There Are Such Things sung by Dennis Day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as is our custom every year at this time, tonight we are going to present our annual New Year's fantasy. But, Jack, how can we do our fantasy this year? Phil Harris always plays the part of Uncle Sam, and he's not with us. Well, that's been taken care of, Don. Uh, I phoned the radio casting bureau, and they're sending up an actor. Uh, he ought to be here any minute. <laughs> What are you going to pay him? A Wilson with handkerchiefs... <laughs> what are you going to pay him? A, a handkerchief, handkerchief with, with Wilson's name on it, yes. <laughs> now, just a minute. Now, just... Now, just a minute. Let me, uh, let me have your attention, everybody. What's the matter, Jack? Well, I wasn't going to mention this, but if I remember correctly, not one of you... Nobody in this cast gave me so much as a cigar for Christmas. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Jack. We have a surprise for you. What? 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 Where? Where is it? Uh, right here. Hmm? We all chipped in and bought you this beautiful gift. Merry Christmas, Mr. Benny. Open it up, Jack. Okay. Gee, uh, a surprise, huh? Well, do you like it, Jack? Well, I'll be darned. A bedroom slipper. <laughs> Now I can hop over and close the window every morning. <laughs> Gee, fellas, this is one of the sweetest things. Hey, that must be the actor the casting bureau sent over. Come in. Well, hello there. Uh, pardon me, is this the Mandelbaum Meatball Jamboree? <laughs> I'm afraid you've got the wrong show, bud. Uh, this is the uh, Grape Nuts Flakes program. Oh, I see. Well, Radio Casting Bureau sent me over here to play the part of uh, Uncle Sam. I see. I see. Well, have you had any experience uh, in radio, Mr... Uh, Mr... Uh, Allen is the name. Fred Allen. Fred mm. Allen. Small f. Fred Allen. You know, I think I know this guy from somewhere. Now... <laughs> Now, where was it? Is his face familiar, Mr. Benny? What is that, Dennis? Is his face familiar? No, I've never seen anything quite like it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll swear I know this guy. Well, I, uh, I happen to be in uh, radio myself, Mr. Benny. Do you ever listen to Gloria Happy Finger Girl Plumber? <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, you probably remember me. I play the part of Juniper Morgan III, the Wall Street plunger. <laughs> oh, yes, I hear that program every morning. So you're the plunger, eh? Mm-hmm. The rubber drive may get me any minute, but I'm <laughs> holding on there. And as a sideline, I also broadcast for Texaco Gasoline. Gasoline? Yes, it's sometimes called ration book radium these days. <laughs> oh, of course, gasoline. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with our particular type of program, Mr. Allen. You see, we do a very subtle type of show. Mm -hmm. If we get laughs, all right. If we don't, we don't. Mother told me there'd be nights like this. <laughs> Very good, Mr. Allen. But what I mean is, we don't punch and press for laughs like, uh, well, like other programs. 
one of which I definitely have in mind. <laughs> now, if you'd like to play the part of Uncle Sam, that's up to you. But first, Mr. Allen, are you an American citizen? Oh, yes, Mr. Benny. I got these slant eyes from pulling off a tight derby. <laughs> I see. Well, the part is yours, Mr. Allen. Now about money. Uh, just what do you expect for being on my program tonight? Well, I expect nothing, Mr. Benny, and I know you'll come through. <laughs> well, I'm... I'm sure we can get together. Um... Uh, what, uh, what is your free, I mean fee, uh, uh, what is your fee for a radio performance, hmm? Well, uh, that's up to you, Mr. Benny. I rely, uh, rely entirely upon your generosity. Well, that's sweet of you. Uh, not sweet. The word is stupid, old boy. <laughs> is that so? Mr. Allen, are you inferring that I'm tight? Uh, Mr. Benny, you smoke cigars, don't you? Yes. Well, the average cigar smoker lights a cigar, smokes it down to his lips, and throws it away. Well, what about it? You are the only man I know who smokes a cigar until his gastric juices put it out. <laughs> I only hope I have as good jokes when I get on your program. You but will so if yeah. you you will if you bring them. You'll have. I your... see. Well, to show you. That serves me right from digressing. <laughs> and well, to show you how wrong you are, Mr. Allen, I have a check in my hand for $500. Here you are. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait a minute, Mr. Benny. There seems to be a slight mistake here. This, uh, this check says 500 boxes. No, that's 500 boxes. You know, dollars. No, boxes. no, boxes. This check says 500 boxes of grape nuts flakes. Well, they're delicious. Yes, my good man, because when Mr. Benny gives you 500 boxes of grape nuts flakes, he's giving you thousands of servings of America's fastest-growing flake cereal. Well, I know that, fat boy. Just but... think. <laughs> Think, Mr. Allen, grape nuts flakes in the big 12-ounce economy size package contain iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Vitamin B1? Yes, brother. And, and believe, believe me, you, you can, can use it. it. <laughs> now, it's all settled, Mr. Allen. You're not getting any cash. And now, folks, our New Year's fantasy will go on immediately after a number by Benny Goodman and his famous sextet.
gentlemen, for our annual New Year's play entitled The New Tenant, or Goodbye 42, Hello 43. Now, once again, I will play the role of... Say, Mr. Benny, you've been doing this kind of sketch for four years now, and I still don't understand it. What? I know it's a waste of time, but would you mind explaining it to me again? No, no, I'd be glad to, Dennis. Do you mind if I take the audience out for a smoke while this goes on? (laughs) Sir Alan, come back here. And incidentally, you're new with us, too, so you better pay attention. You see, Popeye, uh, these, um... Uh, these little sketches we do at the close of each year are not so much plays as allegorical fantasies. They deal with the abstract and the esoteric rather than the prosaic. Is that clear, Dennis? No, sir. Hmm. Not only that, my feet went to sleep. Well, rub them. As I was saying, uh, if I'm not too redundant, uh, these annual plays are not prosaic but the penultimate of abstract symbolism. And just think, folks, only four pages back, this man was sewing a tuxedo. (laughs) I'll sell you one before you get out of here. Anyway, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah? What does prosaic mean? Prosaic? I'll give you a hint, Mr. Benny. It's a town in New Jersey. That's prosaic. (laughs) Now, let's continue. In our sketch, ladies and gentlemen... I will play the part of the old year, 1942. I want you to visualize me, folks, as a tottering, broken-down old man with white hair and a wrinkled face. What do you mean, visualize? There you are. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm just bent over like this because I'm playing a part. Well, that's the first time in history rheumatism has ever been confused with acting. Let me tell you that. Mr. Allen, will you please sit down? Now, the old year lives in a big boarding house called the United States, run by Uncle Sam and his wife, Columbia. Now, Mary, you're going to be Columbia, and you have 48 children, one for each state in the Union. 48 children? Holy smoke. Well, it's really nothing, Mary. It's just abstract symbolism. Oh, you men always say that. Never mind, that's your part. And now for our play. As the curtain rises, it is almost midnight of December 31st. And old man 1942 is up in his room, packing his bags and ready to make his exit. Curtain. Music. Columbia, Columbia, will you come up here, please? What do you want, 42? Give me a hand with this packing, will you? Got to get out of here before midnight and make room for the new tenant. Oh, yes, little 43 will be here any minute. Say, where's your husband, Uncle Sam? Like to say goodbye to him. Oh, he's around someplace. You know, Sam's been pretty busy lately. You said it, and all your kids have been pitching in, too. Here comes Alaska, one of my adopted sons. Oh, yes. Hello, Alaska. Hello, old-timer. Hiya, Mom. Boy, is he spread out. (laughs) Yep, it's a thousand miles from his Aleutians to his Sitka. (laughs) Oh, he's big, all right. Fine boy, though. Say, Mom, have you seen Pa around? I got a few of them Japanese lice. I want to get out of my hair. He'll get them out. Don't worry, Alaska. Okay, see you later, Mom. 
Well, I might as well finish packing. Hand me that bundle of swing music. I'll take that. Here you are. Thanks. Mr. Five by five, five feet tall, and he's five feet wide. Boy, am I sick of that. <laughs> hey, Columbia, I got a few minutes yet. Tune in the radio, will you? Okay. <laughs> Here's Berlin. Stutt und übersteigende Gleitung für Technik, eine Minuten für Stuten, Stalingrad, und Minuten für Stuten, Tripoli, und Stutenbruten, Stuten, Benghazi. Well, boy, are we running. <laughs> And he ain't through yet. Get another station, Columbia. Here's Tokyo. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, honorable report from Butterfront. Japanese fleet set out to greet Americans. Boom, boom. No, Japanese fleet. So sorry, please. Ha, <laughs> ha. Well, that's good news to be leaving on. Turn it off, Columbia. Say, what time is it? About three minutes to midnight. Well, I better get finished up here. Oh, hello, Sam. Well, Uncle Sam, where you been? Oh, what a day, what a day. I've been visiting all my nephews all over the neighborhood. Had breakfast at Guadalcanal, lunch at Dutch Harbor, and supper in North Africa. I'll tell you one thing, Sam. You never worked harder or looked better in your life. Say, old-timer, get a load of this. I'm wearing two pair of suspenders. Two pair? How long you been wearing them? Ever since Pearl Harbor. I'll never get caught with them down again. <laughs> I know you won't. Say, Sam, I meant to ask you something. What are those things sprouting around in the backyard? Those are Republicans. This is the first time they've come up in years. Republicans. <laughs> Well, that's what I like about your garden, Sam. There's room there for everything to grow. Doggone, look at that clock. Just got my duds together in time. Hmm. First stroke, 12. Wonder what's keeping the new tenant. Little fella should be here by now. Well, don't worry. He'll show up. Hey, here's a little tip for you, Sam. You worked darn hard during the time I was here, and you, you did a good job. But I want you to work even harder for the little fella that's coming in. Now, don't worry, old-timer. I'm really rolling now. Hmm. Time's a-fleeting, but I can't live to leave till that little shaver gets here. That must be him now. Yeah. Come in. Well, it's the little new year. Hello, son. Hello. What's that you got under your arm there? It's a new book written by a fella named Rashes. Oh, yeah. Ain't much plot to it, but I got a hunch it's going to be the bestseller. <laughs> Won't hurt, though. Hey, kid. Want you to meet Uncle Sam and his wife, Columbia. Glad to know you, folks. Hello, Sonny. Hiya, bub. You ought to have a coat on with them diapers. Chilly tonight. <laughs> I was sure cold the first night I got here. Well, son, hope you brought some things with you besides ration books. What's that package you got under your other arm? Well, that's just chuck full of V's. V's for victory, eh? Yes, sir. They're pretty expensive, but I got a hunch that Uncle Sam will wind up with plenty of them. He got all the ones I had. Well, might as well be moseying along now. Kind of hate to go, but... Hear that, son? Yes, sir. What is it? 
that song called Over There, written by one of Uncle Sam's favorite nephews. <laughs> that boy used to be singing and dancing around this house all the time. Tell you, son, I sure wish he was still here. He was a real Yankee doodle dandy. Now, son, I want you to take care, Uncle Sam. Take care of all his friends and good neighbors, too. Leave it to me, old-timer. And look, I want you to keep the lights low here in the house for a while. Maybe inconvenient, but when you turn them on full blast again, it'll be brighter than ever. And see, before I forget it, Uncle Sam's got a nephew named Franklin that's been taking mighty good care of the old boy. Ain't he, Sam? You're Dan Tootin'. So keep an eye on them and give them all the help you can. Franklin, eh? I'll write that down. And here's some more names for you. MacArthur, Eisenhower, Doolittle, Nimitz. A whole lot more than Sam will give you. I'll make a note of them. Oh, yes, and there's some other friends of Sam's you don't want to forget. There's Churchill and Stalin and Chiang Kai-shek. If I had time, I'd name a dozen. Well, gotta be leaving. So long, Sam. So long, old-timer. Here I go. So long, 42. So long, Columbia. Keep them flying. Have you read the story of Alice in Wonderland lately? Anyhow, you remember how Alice ate that magic piece of cake and grew and grew and grew. Well, the story of Grape Nuts Flakes is almost as amazing. For during the past three years, the increase in your use of Grape Nuts Flakes has been more than that of all other ready-to-eat cereals put together. And there's a reason, more than one. First of all, that multi-rich sweet-as-a-nut flavor your favorite Grape Nuts flavor in toasty brown flake form, a flavor that's different from any other flake cereal, and second, that grand all-around nourishment. For Grape Nuts flakes are a whole grain cereal with the food essentials of the natural whole wheat, one of the types of basic foods recommended by our national nutrition program. So treat your family to delicious, nutritious Grape Nuts flakes, America's fastest-growing breakfast cereal. of the 13th program of the new Grape Nuts Flake series. And we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, broadcasting for pilots and ground crews at Dow Field at Bangor, Maine. 
And tomorrow night, we'll be seeing you parachute troopers at Lakehurst, New Jersey. Say, Jack, I don't want any salary for my performance uh, here, but I do need a singer on my program tonight. Can I borrow Dennis for tonight? Sure, you can have Dennis. You just can't have money, that's oh. all. Uh, go on over to Mr. Allen's program, Dennis. I will not. You will, too. Put your coat on. Good night, folks. Jack Benny program is written by Bill Meyer and Ed Malloy. Again, this is Buck Benning speaking. We have something really different for you tonight. I hope you're going to enjoy it, or at least some of you will. Um, I've been talking the last few weeks about how there was a missing episode of the Jack Benny Show uh, from, uh, let's see, December 28th, 1952. This was the very last time that Jack would ever do his new tenant skit, ringing in the new year, um, on his show. He hadn't done it for a couple years, and then he did this one more time. He would do it, I believe, one more time in television, or maybe twice in television, I'm not sure. He might have done one live and one uh, filmed, but or it might just have been the one that he did. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, his last performance that he did of this in radio had been lost, and uh, you were unable to hear this for the last 60 years. Um, when the tobacco companies all needed to release all of their documentation for everything that they'd ever had documented, they ended up having to release all of the radio scripts. And so because of this, the uh, they have made it where we can publicly access all of the uh, radio scripts from the years that Lucky Strike was uh, the sponsor of the Jack Benny Show. Now, this particular script of this missing episode uh, was in that set of scripts. I think this one might have even been a mislabeled script, so I don't know if, if folks, many folks have bumped into it, um, but I was able to discover this script, and uh, I'm bringing it to you tonight. Um, what, we, what I've decided to do is, is, I was reading the script, it basically is where Jack and his writers were taking the 1947 episode with the new tenant skit, and doing it parts of it almost verbatim. Well, actually, they were doing it verbatim. Uh, parts of it, and then parts of it are changed, especially the skit. So, in figuring this out, what I decided to do was to kind of create a Frankenstein out of it by patching together bits and pieces. So what you're ending up here with is some of the time we're going to have Jack Benny... Don Wilson, Dennis Day, um, who else? Mel Blanc, 
couple other actors. We're going to have um, Rochester, of course. And they're all going to be playing themselves and doing the parts. I've brought them up from that 1947 skit. All of it's that's the same as this 1952 one. Then whenever it deviates from that script, then you will have myself doing Jack's part. You will have my... Um, some uh, my my son doing Rochester. You'll hear, uh, you'll get a chance to hear uh, a a member of my podcasting club do um, one of my uh, um, middle school students that's in my podcasting club do. Uh, he does Bob. Who all does he do? He does he does Bob Crosby and he does Don Wilson, I believe. And then when it switches over to the skit, you're going to hear um, my brother-in-law, Matt, do um, a lot of the characters, almost all of them that aren't me. So he's going to do Bob, he's going to do Dawn, um, maybe that's it, I think. Uh, and he plays, of course, the, the United States. Uh, oh, he also does... Um, Dennis Day's um, Mexican voice, uh, so he's going to have a lot of things to do. Uh, then also, my son comes back as the New Year. You'll hear him be the New Year, and my wife um, takes over all of Mary Livingston's parts. And we ended up doing it kind of like Mary Livingston did a lot of her parts later on, because my wife wasn't available, so we recorded all of her pieces totally separately. And then we just, I just digitally dropped them in to the parts where they needed to be. So we end up with an episode that is um, pretty much verbatim what the script was from this, 19, this missing 1952 episode of The Jack Benny Show. Uh, so I hope you're really going to enjoy it. Um, the one unique thing you're going to get is you're going to get the, the one deviation I've got is uh, Phil Harris is going to be in here for a little bit just for a smidge and I just thought I would just go with that because it was close enough to the to the new script that basically it was going to be Dennis doing some of the stuff that Phil does and so forth but any which way um, the rest of the script is sticking as close as we can to what the what the script actually had in it, and we've also taken I've taken sections that were crossed out. I think they were crossed out because of time constraints, and since we don't have those time constraints, um, I was able to add all those parts back in. So this is all the parts uh, that were in the original script. Not even the audience in sixty years ago who heard this over the radio heard this script in its entirety, but you folks will. Oh yeah, the the reason they that I think they did this episode uh, after a few years of not doing them was because so much had happened uh, this year. It was in 1952. It was the year uh, of an election for president of the United States. Uh, there was um, unfortunately the president of um, of some of the other countries passed away. You had uh, England, or ki the, the King of England died, uh, and of course, uh, then it was going to be turned over to the Queen of England. 
And you had in Denmark, they did the first um, transgender operation. And that'll be brought up in the script, too. So it's going to cover a lot of interesting ground uh, in our script. And I think because 52 was such an eventful year, that's why uh, they did this version of the show. So I hope you will all enjoy it. Please email me to tell me if you like it, don't like it, whatever. Uh, there are, I think, five more that I could do that are that I have access to the scripts where the episodes are missing. So I'd be more than happy to do some more of these. They are a lot of fun to do, a lot of work to do putting this all together. Uh, it's taken hours and hours and hours. I'm not sure how many hours I have in, probably like seven hours into this or something. But anyway, enjoy, and we will see you next time for some more Jack Benny. This is kind of your Christmas and New Year's gift from me. So enjoy it. Um, I guess that's it. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back about an hour to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills, where Jack has just finished having his lunch. Ah, it was a very good lunch, Rochester. The best hash that I've, I've ever tasted. I made it from last night's leftovers. Now, uh, what did we have last night? Hash. <laughs> Rochester, uh, call the appliance company and tell them to come out and fix the machine. I got to get down to the studio. But, boss, you can't go in those old clothes and you need a shave, too. I haven't got time now. I'll clean up at the studio. Now, go out in the garage and get the car, please. The car ain't running. Rochester, did you wreck the car? Well, boss, it wasn't my fault. What happened? Well, I took the car out for a while last night, and on my way home, I made a sharp turn and came face to face with a steamroller. Steamroller? Oh, so that's why you were so quiet when you got home last night. I didn't even hear you open the garage. I didn't have to. I slid the car under the door. <laughs> Rochester, you mean my car was flat and that thin? If I had a stamp, I could have mailed it to you. <laughs> oh, well, you better get it fixed. Well, this is a fine thing to happen on the day I have to do two programs. Now I'll have to take the bus to the studio. Say, boss, I meant to ask you. You only got 30 seconds between your radio program and television show. How you get from one place to the other so fast? Why, didn't I ever tell you about that, Rochester? No, how you do it? They shoot me out of a cannon. Shoot you out of a cannon? Yeah, once they put... It in too much powder, and I did my show from NBC. Goodbye, boss. Anyway, I'll take the bus down to the studio. So long, Rochester. So long, boss. Gee, I'll be late. There should be a bus coming along here. Oh, my goodness, I left my money and my other clothes. Well, maybe I can hitch a ride down. Here comes a car now. Going downtown, bud? <laughs>
comes another. Going downtown. Mm. <laughs> Here comes. Going downtown. Mm. Mm. <laughs> See, that one had a trailer on it. <laughs> Maybe I better start walking. Gee, if I don't get a hit soon, I'll be late for the broadcast. Hey, going downtown, mister? Yeah, hop in, bud. Move over, Sophie. Let him sit in the back. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the back's all right. I hope I'm not putting you folks in too much trouble. That's all right, bud. You see, I would have taken the bus, but I didn't have the money. You don't have to explain, bud. Sophie, slip the poor guy a buck. <laughs> But I don't need... Give him an extra two bits. He needs a shave, too. <laughs> Look, mister, I don't Where need... Where you going, bud? To NBC. How do you like that, Sophie? Instead of looking for a job, he goes to see radio programs. <laughs> yeah, he's probably too old to work anyway. Yeah. Hey, by the way, bud, how old are you? 38. <laughs> hey, Max, did you hear what he said? Sophie, when you can't hold a job, your family throws you out, you bum around the country all your life, when you get to be 38, you look like that. <laughs> look, mister... Nothing I... personal, bud. And by the way, where do you live? Beverly Hills. Get him, Sophie. Beverly Hills. I, uh, suppose you have a big house and a butler and a swimming pool. Max, stop teasing him. <laughs> okay, okay. Gee, there's a nice car you have here. What kind is it? A Buick. Oh, boy, I wish I had one like it. What year is it? 1928. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> boy, this is a beauty. Turn on the radio, Sophie. Did I tell you about the place called Duwad Diddy? It ain't no town, it ain't no city, it's awful small. Hey, but they started the program without me. She's got basement. It's my own fault. Sophie, no turn off the radio. Basement full. What's griping you, bud? Plenty. They started the program without me. How do you like that, Sophie? This bum's got a ticket to the program, and he wants him to wait till he gets there. <laughs> now, wait a minute, mister. You can't talk to me like that. All right, all right. Calm down. I won't calm down. Do you know who I am? Sure, sure. You're Bing Crosby or Bob Hope or Jack Benny. Max, for heaven's sake, stop teasing him. <laughs> okay, okay, Sophie. Turn on the radio again. Hey, Donzie. Donzie, what did Jackson get you for Christmas? Shoelaces again? No, no. Jack didn't know what to get me this year, so he came over to my house and painted my bedroom. <laughs> hey, Phil, how'd Santa Claus treat you? Oh, great, Donzie, great. I got a lot of stuff for my friends, but the best gift of all is this fountain pen. Just look at it. But, Phil, you have several fountain pens. Not like this one. You know that little sack inside that holds the ink? Yeah. Bourbon. <laughs> Bourbon? Yes, sir. I got the only fountain pen with a highball point. <laughs> if he thinks that's funny, he's got another... Sophie, turn off the radio. What's griping you now, bud? Nothing. I just didn't think that joke was funny. Oh, I suppose you can tell him better. You're darn right I can tell him better. Did you hear the one about hey, the... Hey, shut up! <laughs> Sophie, turn on the radio. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as long as Jack isn't here yet, we'll keep things rolling with a number from our singing star, Dennis Day. Go ahead, Dennis. 
said goodbye. The stars will remember, so will I. has a token, a kiss that brought a by Dennis Day. And Dennis, that okay, was Okay, really... Don, okay, I'm here. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Jack. Hello, fellas. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm late, but I rode down here with Barbara Stanwyck and Robert Taylor, and they <laughs> they just wouldn't let me go, you know? <laughs> Say, Dennis, you sang beautifully. How do you know? I heard the program on the way down. And I'm sorry I was late because, well, when we do our next program, it'll be 1953. And you know, kids, right now I feel that our thoughts should be filled with friendship, goodwill, and happiness for the new year. You're just trying to make us forget the lousy Christmas presents you gave us. Well, that's fine, Dennis. You, of all people in the cast, you've got no right to complain. Why? What did you give Dennis for Christmas? Nothing. So what's he got to complain about? But the rest of you got very nice presents. Oh, sure, sure. What did Jack give you for Christmas, Mary? Well... I gave her a fur muff. There it is over there on the piano. It's Sable. It's Rabbit. It's not. It's Sable. Rabbit. I wore it at the farmer's market, and it snapped at a head of lettuce. Believe me, Bob, the muff I gave Mary is Sable. Rabbit. It's hmm. Sable. Would I pay $19 for Rabbit? Would I? You wouldn't pay $19 for $20. I would, too. Now let's drop the subject. Because I want to... Oh, say, Mr. Benny. What? See this tie I'm wearing? My girl knitted it for me for Christmas. Your tie? Well, what are those things hanging on the side? Sleeve. She started to make a sweater and changed her mind. <laughs> oh, well, it looks nice, Dennis, and that's a pretty stick pin you have in it. That's one of the needles. She forgot to take it out. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful gift. So. By the way, Bob, I meant to ask you, what did you give your musicians for Christmas? Well, Mary, 
I've only been on the show for four months, and I don't know their likes and dislikes too much. So I gave them something they can really use. I gave them each a $100 bond. Gosh, that's a wonderful gift. A government bond? No, a, bo- a bail bond. Oh, but Bob, as long as, we've, as we're on the subject of your band, I'd like to talk to you about something. What, Jack? <laughs> well, I know that when you come on the show, I said you'd have complete control over the orchestra and musicians, and I'd never interfere. But last week, why did you fire Ollie Godson, the trombone player? Well, Jack... I mean, with all the other guys, why fire him? He was the only one in the band who behaved with dignity. But, Jack... When all the other boys would be gathered around the piano drinking beer, Ollie sat quietly with his trombone in his lap. When the guys played cards, he kept out of it, just sitting by himself. Why did you let him go? I had to get rid of him. He'd, be, he'd been dead for two years. No! With that trombone, we had to get him a sliding casket. (laughs) Well, what do you know? Say, Bob, what did the boys in the band give you for Christmas? Something I've always wanted. What? A bottle of Manny Chauvivitz. (laughs) There he goes again. He just can't say Manischewitz. He just can't say that word. But then I have trouble saying Glockamora. Oh, well. Say, Don, we know what Jack gave everybody for Christmas, except you. What did he give you? Well, Bob, Jack didn't give me anything for Christmas because he gave me a birthday present, and he thought my birthday was too close to Christmas. When is your birthday, Don? The 23rd of August. Oh, well, what did Jack give you for your birthday? A rabbit's foot. No wonder my muff limps. Mary, please. Now, Don, how can you say that I didn't give you a Christmas present? Didn't you get the package I sent you? You sent me a package for Christmas. What was in it? A gopher trap. You call a gopher trap a Christmas present? Certainly. Well, if that's a Christmas present, I'm a... I'm a monkey's uncle. Well, there's a tree outside. Start climbing, Bonzo. And Mary, I don't want any more talk about your gift, either. You know, Jack, I hate to say this, but it seems to me you gave worse presents than usual this Christmas. Look, three-dimensional. I gave better than I received. What did my writers give me? They've been working for me ten years now, and they gave me nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's your own fault, Jack. Don't you think your writers would be nicer to you if you were nicer to them? No, I don't. And I tell you why. Years ago, I had a writer, Bill Morrow. One day he came to me, tearily. He said he couldn't do his work because his eyesight was so bad. So I gave him money to go to an optometrist. He got his eyes examined, bought glasses, read his contract, and quit. So go be nice to people. I don't want to hear any more about Christmas presents. Now, kids, I'm sorry I was late, but now that I'm here, 
We better get on with the show because we've got a very important play to do. Well, Jack, before we go into that, I think we ought to have a commercial. I've got the quartet right here. Oh, yes, the sportsman. Well, all right, Don, let's have the commercial first. Jack, the boys have a very bad cold, but they'll do the best they can. All four of them have a cold? The four of them? Yes. Gee, that's too bad. Well, let's hear the commercial anyway. Okay, take it, boys. Happy days are again with New Year's Eve. So again, we will all stand up and again. Gesundheit. Happy days Thanks are here to stay. In fact, they never been away. So we'll celebrate on, on, on New Year's Day with an LSFMT. Too bad you've all got the flu. I can tell you just what to do. Get in bed and stay there. Speedy Riggs will be here soon. We've got it straight from empty food. So let's hide up while we sing this tune. Happy days are here again. to caught that cold from Guy Lombardo, I think. <laughs> uh, Don, wipe off the microphone. We'll get on with the show. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, even though we haven't done it for a couple of years, we're going to present another of our New Year's fantasies called The New Tenant... Or Goodbye 52, Hello 53. As most of you have heard us do this type of play before, we'll, you will realize... This is an allegorical fantasy which takes place Hold it, Jack, hold it. Huh? What is it, Bob? Well, I'm kind of new on the show, and, well, what does allegorical fantasy mean? Well, let me see. An allegorical fantasy, Bob, is something that could happen, although it never has. Like a rabbit being sable? You know, Mary, there's a Chinese proverb taken from a popular song. It says, Girl who make fun of boss soon find it not such a long time from December to the May Company. So watch it, Ming Toy. Now, in our fantasy, I will play the part of the old year, 1952, who has been living in a big boarding house called the United States, which is run by Uncle Sam and his wife, Columbia. And Bob, you're going to play the part of Uncle Sam. Well, thanks, Jack. You're welcome. Now, as Uncle Sam... You'll wear a bright blue jacket and white stars on it and red and white striped pants. I'll lay eight to five. People will think I'm Bing. That won't hurt you. Now, Mary, you play the part of Columbia. You're Bob's wife, and you have 48 children. Mary, come back here. It's just a play. Oh, yes. And you soon may have two other children, Hawaii and Alaska. Okay, we can call the new kids Hi and Al. Yes, now, Don... Yes, Jack? You play a very important part in tonight's fantasy. You're going to be the world. The world? Yes. So loosen your belt. You're strangling South America. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our play, The New Tenant. As the curtain rises, 
The time is almost midnight. December 31st. The old man, 1952, is packing his bags, ready to make his exit. Curtain. Music. Oh, Columbia. Columbia. Will you come here a minute, please? What do you want, 52? Well, I'll have to be moseying along soon. Better start packing my things before little 53 gets here. Hand me that calendar, will you? What do you want this calendar for? It's the old one. Who cares? Marilyn Monroe, wow! Now let's see. What else? Gosh, old timer, I hate to see you go. I kind of hate to go myself, but I had pretty good time while I was here. Traveled a lot, too. Traveled? Yep, I've been out west where men are men, I've been to Paris where women are women, and I've been to Denmark where you can't quite be sure. Well, we'll we'll kind of miss the old world with its radio and television, autos, airplanes. Well, hello, Uncle Sam. Hello, Columbia. Just dropped by to say goodbye to 52. Where is he? Here I am. I'm 52. What did you say? I said I'm 52. Never thought you'd admit it. This is an allegorical fantasy. Well, I'm packing to leave, Sam. And you know, there's one of the fellers here I'm going to miss. He sure became a big hit when he was here. Who's that? Johnny Ray. When your sweetheart writes a letter of goodbye. I guess I'll take that song with me. Here, old timer, you can take this song, too. I'm sick of it. Which one is that? When you say I beg your pardon, then I'll come back to you. Oh, yeah. Can't understand why that didn't become a big hit. Oh, well, hand it to me. Grab it yourself. I wouldn't touch it. Okay, okay. Hey, look, it's my neighbor, Mexico. Mexico? Excuse me, senor, but I have come to say goodbye, I think. Well, thank you. Say, Mexico, it was awfully nice of you to come up here and say goodbye to old-timer. Oh, it was nothing, senorita. Say, Mexico, didn't you just elect a new president by the name of... Adolfo Ruiz Cortinas? See, si. That was quite an exciting election. See, si. I am still wearing the button. Oh, yes, yes. My eyes aren't ain't so good anymore. What does it say? Me gusta mi candidato. What, what does that mean? I like Adolfo. What about the small print on the bottom? What does that say? Drink Manasheva, Vivitz. Doggone. A fellow by the name of Bob Crosby made that a famous line. Well, I have to go now. Adios. So long, Mexico. Well, Colombia, I better get on with my... Say, isn't it too early for the New Year to be getting here? What do you mean, old-timer? Look out the window. Here he comes now, without any clothes on. Just a cloth wrapped around him. Hey, are you the New Year... No, I'm on my way home from Santa Anita. Doggone. 
I run into him every year. Well, I better finish my packing. Here's my elevator shoes. Say, 52, why did you wear elevator shoes? I was a leap year. I had to be a little taller than the rest. <laughs> that was corny, but it was cute. Yep, I guess so. Now hand me my... Always interruptions. Come in. It's me, old timer. Well, if it ain't the world, come on in. Say, world, what took you so long getting here? I've been to the doctor about this boil on my shoulder. Boil? Where, where is it? Right here in Korea. Gosh, you sure had trouble with boils this year, haven't you? Sure have. Korea, Indochina, Indonesia, and a new one just broke out in Morocco. Well, let's hope 53 can get rid of them. I sure hope so. Well, I better be spinning along. So long, old-timer. Goodbye, world. Doggone. I'm all alone and it's almost midnight. Gosh, I'm tired. I sure had 366 tough days. I did the best I could. And I hope the new fellow will do a lot better. Oh, oh, there's the first stroke of midnight. The new tenant ought to be here any second now. Well, I better get my bags and... Hey, that must be him now. Come in. Well, it's the little new year, all right. Hello, Sonny. Hello, old timer. Say, you're a cute little rascal. Thank you. Gosh, just look at you. So young, so eager, so hopeful. Look at the world through those rose-colored glasses. Well, didn't you see the world through rose-colored glasses? No, no, mine were green. During my stay here, they put chlorophyll in everything. <laughs> what a fad. You sound like you'd enjoy your stay, old-timer. Oh, sure. Sonny, I saw plenty of changes. I saw the ladies go in for poodle haircuts. I saw a new heavyweight champion crowned, and I saw Brooklyn almost win the World Series. Gee, I never heard of that. World Series? No, Brooklyn. You will, you will. They may even apply for statehood. Yep, Sonny. They've been, they've been some good moments and some sad ones during my stay. One of our oldest countries, England, lost her king while I was here. And just recently, our youngest country, Israel, lost their president. I'm sorry you couldn't meet them. They were loved by everybody. Is Israel the only country that has presidents? Oh, no, Sonny, no. Right here in America, we've had them since the country started. And during my stay here, they had a presidential election. It started out in July. The Republicans and the Democrats had conventions. There were lots of speeches. And after all, the excitement was over. They had nominated Adelaide Stevenson and Dwight Eisenhower. And then, about a month and a half ago, 61 million people went to the polls and voted, and Dwight Eisenhower won. Will I get to meet him? Meet him in no time. He'll have you calling him Ike. Take good care of him, Sonny. 
He's got a big job on his hands. You can count on the old timer. You know, Sonny, I might as well tell you something. The world was just in to see me a while ago, and he ain't in such good shape. As a matter of fact, he's kind of sick. What's the matter with him? Well, he's got some spots that are kind of troubling him. It's a blood condition. Too many red cells or something. I hope his health improves during your stay here. I hope so, too. Well, let's see. I Have I got everything? Yep, I'm just about ready to go. Yes, sirree. Well, good luck, 53. Thanks, old-timer. Now be sure and take good care of everybody. I will. Goodbye, 52. So long, Sonny. Keep smiling. Ladies and gentlemen, in just a minute, I'll tell you about my television program, which goes on immediately after this show. But first, here's something I'd like to say, and it's really appropriate at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, the chief hope of our enemies is to divide the United States along racial and religious lines, and thereby conquer us. Let's not spread prejudice. A divided America is a weak America. Through our behavior, we encourage the respect of our children and make them better neighbors to all races and religions. Remind them that being good neighbors has helped make our country great and kept her free. Thank you. Well, folks, in just 30 seconds, I'll be doing my television show, and my guest stars will be Mr. and Mrs. Jimmy Stewart. So, I'll see you in just a few minutes. Ready to leave now, Jack? Yes, Don. Don, pick up his shoes and take them to him. Good night, folks. The Jack Benny program this week was written by Milt Josephberg, John Thackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strikes, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents transcribed the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. <laughs> your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Have you ever planned to spend a quiet New Year's Eve at home? That's what Phil is planning for this year. Whether he succeeds or not is... But more about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. At home or away, you'll have a world of entertainment at your fingertips when you own RCA Victor's smart new super personal radio. It's the handiest portable radio you can buy. No bigger than an average book. And it's so lightweight and compact, you can take it anywhere with ease. And, tiny as it is, you'll find that with its room-sized volume and big radio tone, it's a match for much larger portables. But the advantages of RCA Victor's super personal portable radio don't end there. With new RCA Balanced Life batteries, it plays longer up to 10 times longer than previous small portable radios. And its new battery lifesaver switch can add even more playing hours by letting the batteries loaf in strong signal areas. Enjoy music and your favorite radio shows wherever you go. Select RCA Victor's tiny new super personal portable for yourself or as a gift. It comes in a choice of six stunning colors and it's priced at only $29.95 plus batteries slightly higher in the far west and south. 
See and hear RCA Victor's long, long playing super personal portable radio at your RCA Victor dealers tomorrow. And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Phil has told Alice that he doesn't want to go out this New Year's Eve. Alice was a little disappointed, but rather than make an issue of it, she decided to have a party at home. Well, Willie, I called everybody, and they all accepted my invitation. There'll be about 50 people at my New Year's Eve party. Sis, why make all that work for yourself? Why have a party? Why don't you just go out New Year's Eve? Well, I'd like to go to a nightclub and celebrate, but Phil doesn't want to. He just wants to stay at home. That's what comes from marrying a man so much older than yourself. <laughs> that 20 years difference shows up at this stage of the game. There's not that much difference. He's only 10 years older than I am. Only 10? Well, how old is Philip? Well, Phil is 47, and I'm... You're right, there is 20 years difference. <laughs> Philip has no right to hold you down like this. If he doesn't want to take you out... Go out with somebody else Like who? Call one of your old boyfriends Like Rudy Valley, Donna Michi, or Rod LaRocque <laughs> Never mind And look, Willie Don't say anything to Phil about the party I'm not going to tell him about it until Wednesday morning Ooh, why not? Well, because I'm inviting some very nice people And if Phil hears about the party He'll invite all the boys in his band And they'll bring their... Their... Whatever those things our musicians bring to parties Those are girls <laughs> Then why are they all shaped like bottles? <laughs> and the way those fellas act at a party Oh, Alice, you're just sensitive Phillips' musicians won't do any harm at the party In fact, if you keep them caged, they can be amusing <laughs> Well, I don't want them I'm using my good silverware and bone china And I don't trust them well, if they don't break, they'll hock I had those musicians over here last New Year's Eve and I'll Oh, good morning, forget. honey Hey, did I hear you talking about musicians? Yes, you did I was telling Willie about how they acted at our last New Year's Eve party Yeah Hey, weren't they cute? That was some New Year's Eve party What a fortnight <laughs> Fortnight? You mean they stayed for two weeks? Certainly It ain't good manners to eat and run <laughs> I say run, they couldn't even walk <laughs> Sure was a wonderful New Year's Eve party We had a lot of... Hey, Alice, I got an idea Why don't we invite no, the... No, never again No, huh? Mm -mm. Well, maybe just Elliot and a noble player or, No, you know, no <laughs> No, now just forget about it and go read your morning mail Okay, but I don't see why we can't have a few musicians over They. Hey, speaking of Elliot, look at this he sent us an invitation To what? To a New Year's Eve party at his house Listen to this You are cordially invited to the musician's annual New Year's Eve And sew up your own knife wounds party <laughs> The party will start at 8 o'clock and will last till 6 New Year's morning Those who wish are invited to stay for breakfast And the reading of the coroner's report <laughs> Hey, Alice, I know I didn't want to go out on New Year's Eve, but I can't resist this invitation Well, I can I planned on staying home to please you, and we're not going out 
Call Elliot and tell him we can't go. But, honey, Elliot's my best friend. I can't tell him we don't want to go. Well, make up an excuse. Blame it on me. Tell him I'm sick. Tell him I have a streptococcus infection and the doctor gave me a couple of shots and told me not to go out of the house for a few days. Honey, I can't. Come in. Maybe I can tell him that. Hiya, Curly. Hello, Alice. Oh, Elliot. I just stopped over to see if you got my invitation. Oh, it's going to be a great party. I got a pipeline from the Knickerbocker Brewery direct to my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a wonderful time. Look, Elliot, uh, we can't go to your party. You can't go to my party? No. Why not? Am I too lowbrow for you people? It's not only that. I mean... (laughs) No, it's not that, Ellie. It's it's Alice. You see, she had a couple of shots, and she's in no condition to go out. Can we put her under a cold shower and sober her up? (laughs) Or we can send her to my doctor. He has a new three-day cure that's... I don't mean that. (laughs) The doctor gave her a couple of shots for her streptococcus. (laughs) It's a Greek disease <laughs> Well, gee, Alice, I'm sorry you're sick well, So am I And that means I won't be able to go to your party well, But, Alice, you've got to come It's going to be a wonderful affair We'll have about 200 people There'll be all kinds of food and drinks And I counted on your coming I don't know what I'll do if you don't show up Oh, that's sweet of you, Elliot But I just can't go Well, if you can't, you can't I'll just have to get somebody else to wash the dishes <laughs> Elliot, I'm sick And I can't go to your party Yeah, I understand, Alice But don't worry You just go to bed and forget everything Curly will tell you all about the party when he gets home If he gets home <laughs> Look, Elliot, if Alice can't go, I can't go You don't expect me to go to your party alone, do you? Of course not I'll get you that red-headed manicurist that Joe's boxing <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, will you please stop that? I... You think you can get her? <laughs> I can stop in for a shave around six o'clock and I'll... Oh yeah, my sick wife. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Elliot, I can't go. Look, Alice, maybe by New Year's Eve you'll feel better. Oh no. No, I'm sure it'll be much worse New Year's Eve. In fact, it's getting worse now. I'd better go upstairs and lie down. Maybe next year, Elliot, if I'm still around. Oh, those pains. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Curly. I didn't realize she was so sick Poor kid You must be terribly worried Yeah, Elliot, who's coming to your party? The same gang? <laughs> yeah Hey, too bad I ain't gonna be there You know, that party ain't gonna be the same without me Because I'm always cracking jokes And I sing for the gang I bet you're gonna miss that Oh, something fierce Hey, maybe I could sneak over New Year's Eve And just do a song, you know No, and get no, out. no Don't put yourself out I'll tell you what You sing to me now And I'll remember it New Year's Eve <laughs> New Year's Eve is three days off It'll haunt me that long Oh, go ahead Bye, pretty lady Won't you try something new Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple Won't you buy from me Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple Won't you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy Won't you buy from me 
Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy from me? Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy, won't you buy from me? Won't you buy, pretty lady? Won't you try something new? Won't you buy, my pretty lady? They're all imported from the tropics, just especially for you. There's a little fella, always in the park, selling nuts and candy, happy as a lark, chirpy as a cricket as he strolls along. Everybody loves him and his funny song. Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy from me? Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy, won't you buy from me? Won't you buy, pretty lady? Won't you try something new? Won't you buy, my pretty lady? They're all imported from the tropics, just especially for you. Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy from me? Peanuts, popcorn, cracker, jack and jelly apple, won't you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy, won't you buy from me? Won't you buy, my pretty lady? Honey, won't you try something new? Won't you buy, pretty lady? They're all imported from the tropics, just especially for you. Won't you buy, 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 Curly, that was glorious. Fast and glorious. <laughs> Say, by the way, Curly, I'll need a few things for my party. Uh, may I borrow them? Oh, sure. What do you need? Oh, just a couple of little things. I'll need some salt shakers, napkin rings, napkins, tablecloths, candles, noisemakers, funny hats, cigars, cigarettes, flowers, food, liquor, and a full set of dishes for 200 people. <laughs> Why don't you take my kids, too? <laughs> don't be sarcastic I just want a few things Oh, before I forget I'll need some glasses to serve the champagne in Why do you need our glasses? If there's one thing you have more of Than anybody else It's something to drink out of Why don't you use your own? I'd like to, but I can't Why not? My lily cups haven't come back From the dry cleaners yet <laughs> Won't be back till Saturday You should have sent them to a laundry You get one day's service I tried that, but they put too much starch in them <laughs> Got so the cups were stiffer than the guests <laughs> All right, all right, all right I'll let you have the glasses and the napkins and the tablecloth How about the dishes? I don't know about that All we have is bone china We'll scrape the bones off That'll <laughs> okay. be all right just give me a big carton I'll dump everything into it and Wait take a minute, it over wait a minute plate. You ain't dumping nothing Take the napkins and that other stuff first And then come back for the china later That's expensive stuff I don't want nothing busted Yeah 
Well, all right, I'll make two trips. Now, wait a minute. I don't want Alice to see you carrying that stuff out of the house. I'd better check and make sure she's still upstairs. Mm-hmm. Excuse me a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alice! Yes, Phil? Are you still sick? Is Elliot still here? Yes? I'm still sick. <laughs> Good, just stay that way a little longer. I don't understand some of the conversations that go on in this house. <laughs> oh, well, I better take this stuff and get going. I'll be back for the dishes later. <laughs> I wonder if I ought to tell Phil about the New Year's Eve party I planned. No, I'd better not. I know he'll invite Elliot and all those musicians. Oh, dear, I hope that isn't Julius with the food I ordered for the party. If Phil sees it, it'll be a dead giveaway. Phil, who's at the door? It's our Gabby neighbor, Mrs. Stewart. I'll let her in. Well, if it is... Hello, Mr. Harris. I didn't expect to find you home this time of day. Don't you ever work? Seems every time I come over, you're here. Well, I... I guess when a man's married to a rich woman, he doesn't have to worry about making a living. I heard your wife is loaded. Offhand, how how much would you say she's worth? Well, I don't... Oh, you can tell me. I can keep a secret. I'm very close-mouthed. Not a word passes my lips. You must have a hole in your side. Them words are coming out of (laughs) You say the funniest things No wonder you're on the Jack Benny show Look, you know, I'm not I love all... you on that show But tell me, why did you change your name to Bob Crosby? I thought Phil Harris was a much funnier name <laughs> I know, but I wanted everybody to think I was Bing's brother Oh, well, I never think so in a minute You'd years. be surprised the publicity you get that way Next year, I may become Liberace's brother <laughs> And a year after, if I can get hold of that doctor in Copenhagen I may become Hildegard's sister <laughs> There's just no end to the things I can become if I set my mind to it. My, you're a Gabby one, aren't you? <laughs> now, look, I just came over to see your wife. Oh, hello, oh, Mrs. Stewart. there you are, Mrs. Harris. Well, I'm glad you're here. I came over to tell you I'm having a New Year's Eve party, and I wondered well, if I Well, I'm could sorry, but I'm sick, and I won't be able to come. Oh, nobody asked you to. I just came over to borrow something. <laughs> I'd like to ask you to the party. We were having mostly society people. You just wouldn't fit in with them, dearie. After all, you show people aren't very good at parties except for entertaining. Of course, if you want to stop and sing a song or two, that'll be all right. But don't mingle with the guests. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Stewart, but I can't come to your party. You see, I'm not well. In fact, I'm very sick. I'd better go upstairs and lie down right now. Goodbye. But, Mrs. Harris, I... I... Well, she's a strange creature, isn't she? Oh, well, I just came over to borrow something. Now, what was it again? Oh, yes, yes, I, I need a cream and sugar set. Well, Miss Stewart, the only thing we've got is a sterling silver set. It was a wedding gift. Oh, that'll I... be good enough. Oh, I see it there on the sideboard. I'll help myself. Now, wait a minute. That's part of a complete silver service. It comes with knives and forks, and Alice don't like to break it up. Oh, well, I don't blame her. I'll just borrow the whole thing. Mrs. Stewart, please, we don't... Now, thank you, Mr. Harris. You're such a nice man. I can't understand why people are always saying nasty things about you. You're not half as bad as they say. Well, I better run along. I think you're a good neighbor, and if you ever want to borrow anything from me, just remember, Happy New Year! (laughs) I wonder how she'd sound with a mute. Someday I'm going to hold a derby over her mouth and get that do-what, 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 do-what. Has she gone, Phil? Yeah, she's gone, she's gone. Mm, She has a lot of nerve inviting me to her party just so I can sing. I don't have to sing in her house. 
If I want to sing, I can do it in my own house. And I think I will. Go ahead. Thumbelina, Thumbelina, tiny little thing. Thumbelina, dance. Thumbelina, sing. Well, Thumbelina, what's the difference if you're very small? When your heart is full of love, you're nine feet tall. Nine feet tall, so very tall. Though you're no bigger than my thumb. 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 Sweet Thumbelina, don't be glum. Don't be glum. Now, now, now. Ah, ah, ah. Come, come, come. Thumbelina, Thumbelina, tiny little thing. Thumbelina, dance. Thumbelina, sing. Thumbelina, what's the difference if you're very small? When your heart is full of love, you're nine feet tall. So, Thumbelina, Thumbelina, tiny little thing. Thumbelina, dance. Thumbelina, sing. Oh, Thumbelina, what's the difference if you're very small? When your heart is full of love, you're nine feet tall. That was very pretty, Alice. You want to know something, honey? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got us out of going to Elliot's party and Mrs. Stewart's. You know, it's going to be a lot more fun just the two of us sitting here singing at each other. <laughs> oh, Phil. Phil, there's something I ought to tell you. On New Year's Eve, I'm... I'll get it. You better not. Might be somebody else inviting us to a party. You'll only have to run back here and be sick again. I'll get it. I hope New Year's Eve won't be too dull with just Alice and me. I wonder if Alice would mind if I invited that red-headed manicurist over. The poor kid will probably be... Nah, I better not. Hiya, Curly. Came back for the dishes. Where are they? I got to get them over to my house. Then I got to go shopping, get the food for my party. Then I got to start cooking it. Today? Sure. Party starts at 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> but New Year's Eve ain't until Wednesday. Well, I know. We got to get warmed up. <laughs> it takes three days to do that? Certainly. That way, by New Year's Eve, we'll have a full head of steam. (laughs) Where are the dishes? They're in them two cartons. Look, you take one and I'll take the other. Okay. Hey, it's heavy. Yeah. All right, be careful with them now, will you? They're expensive dishes. Yeah. Hey, look, come on. We better sneak out in the kitchen door. Go out that kitchen way so Alice doesn't see us. Okay, Curly. Hey, can you open the door? I got my arms full. Anybody home? It's me, Julius. Don't come in, kid. I'm standing in back of the door with... That pile of broken crockery. Hey, that crockery's moving. Looks like something's coming through it. It's me. <laughs> Julius, this is all your fault. Why is it my fault? 
for? I was standing behind the door with an armful of crockery, just like Mr. Harris is doing now. Uh -oh. I see. And when I open the door like this... <laughs> And you can see why it was your fault I disagree Let's run through it once more <laughs> Okay, I'll get another stack of Come dishes. back here <laughs> Oh, I'm dead That was our best china Elliot, this is your fault If you hadn't have the stuff This wouldn't have happened I guess it is partly my fault And I'm going to reimburse you The price of the dishes How much they cost? Two hundred dollars Two hundred? Yes, and you're going to pay for them And then I'll let you keep them They're all yours All right All right, I'll pay you for them How do you want to be paid? I'd give you my personal check, my IOU, or my promissory note. Now, there's a nice assortment of absolutely nothing. <laughs> Will you please? My checks happen to be good. You've accepted a lot of them at your market, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. Julius, are his checks good? Yeah. You roll them up in a little wad, and they make the best handballs you ever saw. <laughs> Why don't you beat it? Not till I deliver the groceries, Miss Fayord. All right, all right. Leave them here and I'll pay you for them. How much are they? $300. <laughs> what did she order? Mink hamburgers? No, no. She ordered champagne, caviar, and a whole truckload of stuff for the New Year's Eve party. What are you talking about? We ain't even having no party. Alice couldn't have ordered it for New Year's Eve. Curly, don't you see what happened? The groceries must be for me. Alice couldn't come to my party, so she's treating me to all the food. Oh, that's what I say. You say it for me. She's a doll Curly, this gives me a chance to repay my debt to her How do you mean? Well, I owe her $200 for the dishes I broke, right? Right So I'll pay her back by leaving her my $300 worth of groceries Oh, now, wait a minute, that ain't fair The dishes are only worth $200 well, That's all right, she can owe me $100 <laughs> No, no, we don't want to be obligated Tell you what I'll throw in the refrigerator Okay, but the refrigerator's worth about 300 That means I owe you 200 Yeah uh, What can you give me? How much are those broken dishes worth again? 200 You keep them and we're even It's a deal <laughs> Ooh, I gotta stop coming to this house <laughs> That kind of talk could stunt me growth <laughs> Look, Julius, will you be quiet? Deliver all them groceries. I want them delivered to Mr. Lewis's apartment. Come on, Elliot. We better get these broken dishes out of here before Alice... Oh, Phil, Phil, something awful has happened. We've been robbed. Robbed? Yes, a burglar stole my silverware, my crystal glasses, and the bone china. Now, wait a minute. Don't get excited, honey. Mrs. Stewart borrowed your silverware, and Elliot borrowed your glasses. Well, how about my bone china? That's the only thing the burglar stole. 
We tried to stop him, but he was a slippery little dickens. He just flew down through the... Phil, that was my good china. I, I, I... Phil, what are those two piles of rubble on the floor? Where? Oh, oh that? Volcanic ash. <laughs> Mount Wilson just erupted again. Got the news on Stop it. Stop that nonsense. What is that on the floor? Oh, look, honey, I might as well tell you the truth. Elliot was barring your dishes and dropped them. But, Phil, I have guests coming. My silver is gone, my glasses are gone, and my dishes are broken into a million... Oh. Elliot, she fainted. Yeah. Well, I better go over to my apartment and get things ready for the party. Wait a minute, I'm going with you. You're gonna leave Alice unconscious? You don't think I'm gonna bring her to so she can beat my brains out, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think we ought to wait till she comes to so I can thank her for the food she got me? We ain't got no time. Just write a note and I'll pin it on her. Uh Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. You can play any record, 45, 33 and a third, or 78 RPM, automatically on RCA Victor's new three-speed Victrola attachment. The center is the secret. Your 45 records fit perfectly on the large center spindle. Records change from the center, the modern 45 way. And this unique spindle slips off in a jiffy when you want to play your 33 and a third and 78 RPM records. So buy whatever records you like in the speeds and sizes you prefer and play them automatically through any AC radio, phonograph, or TV set on RCA Victor's new three-speed Victrola attachment. When you visit your dealers, listen to RCA Victor's new Glenn Miller album. It's music in the Miller Manor. Eight wonderful hit tunes, including Intermezzo and Sleepy Lagoon. Ask for Glenn Miller Concert Volume 3 at your RCA Victor dealers tomorrow. Folks, this is Phil again. As we celebrate this new year, this week millions of cars will crowd our streets and highways. In every car will lurk a grim menace who will turn pleasure into tragedy if he can. So obey all traffic regulations, stay within lawful and common sense speed limits, and refrain from drinking if you drive. Remember, traffic accidents have been piling up a total of more than 30,000 deaths and over a million injuries each year. And holidays always take a tragic toll of fatalities and injuries. So keep on the alert every instant, not only for yourself, but for the other guy. Drive as if your life depends on it, because it does. Thanks, and Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. Included in this program transcribed was Lois Corbett. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. A while ago, you heard about the latest album in RCA Victor's great Glenn Miller concert series. Now, a word about the first two volumes. In Volume 1, RCA Victor brings you Glenn Miller in actual on-stage performances of eight jazz hits, including St. Louis Blues and Tiger Rag. Volume 2 presents Glenn Miller's renditions of famous favorites like I Got Rhythm and My Buddy. And both albums are available in all three speeds. 
Visit your record dealers tomorrow. Ask for RCA Victor's Glenn Miller Concert Albums. Next, hear Theater Guild on the air over NBC. NBC.